The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This is On the Block. I'm Austin Norman. Strick handling some business. He will join me at the top of the 3 o'clock hour. But not to fear, I got Evan Blaine to carry me through this next segment. Evan with the Omaha World Herald joins us on our VIP line brought to you uh, by Allo Fiber, where they understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. Evan, we, we've thought out, and I think that was mostly due to the hot shooting of Rink Mass last night. The man only missed four shots on his way to a career-high 34 points. Nebraska basketball... Wins by two touchdowns over Ohio State, 83-69. to 69. Um, Nebraska and Ohio State, we know that football series is gone. Pretty good basketball series, pretty good baseball series as well. And Evan, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't it at Ohio State that Nebraska clinched its last Big Ten baseball title? Uh, I believe that was Indiana. It was Indiana. A couple of years okay. ago. Was it 21. against Ohio State? I think that, weren't they involved somehow? Yeah, it was a three-team deal. It's yeah, that's true. I think maybe it was against Ohio State at Indiana. That's very possible. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's right. As you look at this Husker men's basketball team, obviously great performance from from Mast. Wilcher played well off the bench. Bryce Williams too. Is it going to be more important for Nebraska to get a win over, say, Wisconsin at home or Illinois on the road, or just avoid a bad loss as they come down the stretch? I mean, I think the first thing you need to do if you're Nebraska to feel good about an NCAA attorney spot is to show that you can win on the road. I mean, they, they have the Kansas state win, which is helpful, but, uh, you know, when you're 13 and one at home and, and you just can't get it done outside of PBA, um, that's, that's not helpful for your resume. And you look at the Minnesota loss and Rutgers and Iowa and like, it just, those were all sort of, disasters in their own right but now now you have that opportunity coming up you know through your next four or on the road you got maryland and at illinois at northwestern to me winning one or two of those games carries as much weight as winning another one at home i think we've we've it's it's sort of established that uh the huskers feed on the home crowd uh i, I think you know their game home has translated well like it seems like every night it could be somebody different it was masked the other night Wiltshire has had his moments certainly uh Tominaga you can kind of go down the list of guys that have had their big games and that I think speaks well to still what the potential of this team can be but to me that's the next step is okay you can win uh in, in the friendly confines what does that look like when you hit the road. Um, and, and so it, it's a, it's a weird dynamic, isn't it? Because like mm-hmm. they just beat two pretty good teams in Northwestern and Ohio state. And I think there's still a good chunk of the fan base. That's just like, eh, okay. Yeah. But now, you know, show that you can win outside of Lincoln. So to me, that's sort of the next step. Obviously you've got a top 25 Wisconsin team coming in uh, at the start of the, uh, February as well. That'll be really interesting, but uh, it's it's an it's a unique spot for Nebraska basketball uh, in this century where you're not trying to get yourself back on the inside of the bubble. I mean, I think by mm-hmm. most accounts that's where they are right now. So, win the games that you're supposed to win, 
do a little bit better uh, on the road. And I think things, just based on what they've done, are stacking up pretty well that they could be playing deeper into March than they have in you know quite a while. Nebraska, yeah, squarely inside the bubble according to every major tournament projection that I've seen so far. But Evan, I do think part of the the worry for Husker fans is that 2017-18 happened, where Nebraska, for the most part, took care of business, finished in a tie for third in the conference, went 13-5 and five overall, but still ended up missing the NCAA tournament just because of how relatively down the Big Ten was. So I think it's one thing to say Nebraska has to take care of business, but I also think Nebraska fans need to start figuring out who to root against. Like a soft bubble, you know, only helps Nebraska this year. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, this team has more, uh, has a stronger resume than that team did a few years ago. Like uh, you just look at the quad one wins. The Purdue one obviously stands out, but they have some other quality high-end wins. I mean, the, the Kansas State road win will serve them well. Uh, the Michigan State and Indiana wins, I still think, uh, are are ones that you look at in March as a committee and say, yeah, you know, that moves the needle a little bit too. Uh, and you still have some opportunities coming up. So, like, you know, even though Wisconsin's coming into town, like a loss to them at home doesn't doesn't kill you. That doesn't hurt your chances. Uh, Illinois had its moments. Northwestern has been good. Uh, so they're, they're, you know, I, I think there's, these are a lot of sort of evenly matched teams where, yeah, if you're in Nebraska, you still will have a few chances to impress and add to your resume. But I think just as important is you look at this schedule down the stretch and there aren't a lot of games where you're like, boy, if they, if they lose that, um, you know, that erases a lot of the goodwill that they've had. So I think it's, it's sort of a nice sweet spot somewhere in the middle where you just have to be a little more consistent. And again, they've been really good at home and they've been really good uh, at, at, at sort of um, using that momentum and riding it <clears throat> down the stretch. But the, the, the tricky part has been when they've been behind, they haven't been able to, to close that gap and, and sort of take over games the way that you would expect a, you know, a top 60 team in the country to do. So I still think that's the next thing that you need to see from this team is find a way to win on the road. It's never easy to do. You look around the Big Ten, uh, you know, most teams don't have a winning record away from home. That's just how it works. But you got to do a little better than Nebraska has done to that point. And I think if you can show that even just a little bit better than what they've done, um, you know, based on how the schedule's looking down the stretch and barring a, a collapse, uh, I, I think they're in a good spot. We're talking with Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald on our LOVIP line. Evan, let's switch gears to football. And I'm going to throw a question at you that, that Nick Sainert asked me. And it's about Dylan Royola. Like, has there ever been a, I don't want to say sideshow, but a bigger attraction, a bigger draw, just given the, the confluence of circumstances around Dylan Royola and his recruitment? You know, has there ever been like a bigger like sideshow at Nebraska basketball games than Dylan Royola is right now? Hmm. Uh, boy, I mean, not, not recently. I can't, I mean, someone who would have shown up and, 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 and has been getting pestered, um, you know, for autographs and photos and things like that. No, I mean, that's, uh, there've been certainly recruits that Nebraska has been, uh, you know, excited by over the years. I think of guys like, even the guys like Omar Manning or, mm-hmm. or Thomas Fedoni or Adrian Martinez back in 2018, like there were guys that, generated excitement but i don't know you know one they weren't quite on the national level that dylan raiola was and two they didn't have uh sort of the dramatic (laughs) 
dramatic uh, commitment story that Royola does with the change of heart, uh, going from the defending champs in Georgia, uh, you know, to the, the alma mater of his dad and that sort of thing. So I think the story is part of it. And then, you know, obviously it, it just so happens that he plays the position that uh, in a lot of ways held Nebraska back last year. If they had had him in there um, and, and were able to cut down on their giveaways by even half, uh, how different that season could have been. So uh, I think you put all that together with the fact that he is a, a well-spoken kid. He's friendly. He's not afraid to be out in the public eye and interact with fans. Uh, I think all that sort of comes together into this perfect storm of, yeah, he's going to be, um, you know, a, a lightning rod for fans to uh, have those photos with, to speak encouraging words to, to get excited about. And this is that, ultimate honeymoon phase right now where he's signed. Uh, he hasn't played in the game yet. He hasn't mm-hmm. even had a, a, a spring practice yet as a Husker. So a lot of excitement there. But no, I think in, in the modern era uh, of recruiting and how it is, um, you know, I think his experience is different than anything Nebraska's had. I do think it's just on a you know, small detail level. Good to see Dylan Raiola out and about at all these events because that's what his head coach is doing, right? Matt Rule, of course, part of the, the court storm, if just for a few steps against Purdue. Do you think Dylan Raiola is really that, that extroverted and, you know, appreciates and enjoys being out in the limelight that much? Or do you think he's just playing the game with kind of that bigger picture view in mind? Uh, you know, it's hard to say. I, you know, I think when you grow up as he did with a dad who was, as well known as he was like you, 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 I'm sure he saw that all the time. Like, how do you carry yourself in public? How do you put yourself out there, but not too much? Um, you know, how do you enjoy sort of those moments without letting them go to your head? You know, I think back to his visit in the spring for the uh, basketball game last year when he sat in the stands and fans were cheering him and he throws the bones and like, you know, he was having a good time with that. By all accounts, he's, uh, been receptive to taking the selfies or whatever else has gone into it. And I think to a point, like you need that in your starting quarterback, like you need that guy to be a little bit effusive and a little bit out there and sort of recognize that his role is greater than just bet. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly. When you place your first wager at bet MGM, simply download the bet MGM app and sign up using code champion 150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The X's and O's on a football team. And I think, you know, again, his, his background helps with that. I think his demeanor, you, you hear him talk like he's, he doesn't sound like a, a 17, 18 year old kid. He sounds like somebody who is, is a professional athlete because his dad was, and, and he kind of feels that. So I think there's, it's a mix of all that. And then, like you said, you know, you have your head coach and Matt rule, who's a man of the people who's out on the town and enjoys 
that interaction, which is different from what a lot of Nebraska football coaches of the past uh, had been all about. So it's uh, it's a different vibe in Lincoln for sure. And again, the the intensity cranks up and and the fishbowl uh, you know fills up once you get into football season and all the rest. But early returns would say that this is someone who's equipped to handle it and he's doing a good job so far. Dylan Raiola, hopefully the jumping off point, uh, Nebraska hopes uh, at the quarterback position. Jumping off point for us to look at one of the, the most recent things you put up on Omaha.com. You took a look at the the quarterback offers Nebraska has extended uh, to guys in the 25, 26, and 27 classes. Uh, the names Mansky and Zollers have come up quite a bit here in the 2025 class. But just as an overview, Evan, of, of all the guys that you mentioned, as you were going through their stats, their numbers, their their statures, does Nebraska have a type of quarterback that they're offering more often than others, or are they spreading you know, a pretty wide net across different types of guys and styles? Well, I think it's a mix. I think the closer you get to signing day for whatever class, you start to narrow it down a little bit. You know, you look at some of their offers to 2027 20, kids, like for the most part, these are like national level guys who are going to be future four stars, maybe five stars. They already have offers from other top programs. Like if you can put your hat in the ring early with a, a player like that, uh, you do it and then you see where it goes. But I think as you get closer, like you look at the 25s, I mean, Nebraska's offered, I think, seven or eight different quarterbacks in that class. Many of them have committed. Um, but as you mentioned, Alex Mansky and Matt Zollers are two who haven't. I think you do get a little bit more specific into, um, you know, who you're looking at. And Matt Rule spoke on it, and I put this in the story. Like, he spoke on it last month. Uh, they want a bigger-bodied guy who can uh, who is somewhat mobile, who can extend plays with his feet, who has a big arm. I think Matt Rule uh, was really um, affected or impacted by the weather here and like just kind of taking a year and, and feeling what that's like in the Big Ten, especially the wind and especially in Lincoln. So having a guy who can ha- have a big arm and throw a tight spiral and still uh, do what you would like the offense to do in those conditions, I think is important. So I think Zoller's uh, fits that description. I think Mansky fits that description. Both of those guys. Uh, are adding offers by the day. Mm-hmm. So I think it, it's helpful that Nebraska's had relationships with those guys, especially Mansky going back to last fall. Um, but, you know, it, it's such a, it's an interesting just sort of snapshot in time because, as we know, the recruiting field, and especially at quarterback, is so fluid uh, and can change all the time. I mean, Raiola is a perfect example of that, who was off the table for months before a late change. So you never know where it's going to go. But but to your point, I think it was more instructive to have this snapshot to kind of see the type of person uh, that they're looking for, maybe rather than what specific player may commit down the line. Let's flip sides of the ball. We talked about Dylan Raiola following his dad's footsteps. So then uh, one of my favorite things that I've read, you know, recently was your piece on Willis McGahee, the fourth. Not playing his dad's position, similar to to Dylan Raiola not playing center uh, like his dad mm-hmm. Dominic did. But Willis McGahey's story is an interesting one, where he's not living with his biological father; he's with it with his mother. What do you take away from Willis McGahey the fourth journey, just as a, as a young man following in his father's footsteps, transferring schools, and then going from you know warm, sunny Miami to Nebraska? Yeah, you know, and and it was an interesting. Uh, chance to kind of sit down and, and talk with uh, him on the phone a little bit. Like you mentioned, his dad's not in his daily life, but obviously he has his uh, his genetics and a lot of the abilities that people remember from 
from him at Miami and then in the NFL for all those years as a running back. But, uh, you know, McGahee, he's just, he's, he's the, the younger one has, has loved defense his whole life. And he was a lineman for a long time and then sort of became a linebacker at the end of his career uh, in high school and really liked Nebraska's vision for him in that Jack spot, that hybrid mm-hmm. linebacker lineman role where he could drop back, but really uh, is out there to get after the quarterback and like his numbers at Miami, Miami Palmetto. And then later at a, at a private school, Christopher Columbus there in Miami. Um, I mean, he's just, he was just a game wrecker. Like just every time he was out there, it seemed like he was getting a sack or forcing a fumble or, or something. And so this is a guy who's confident in what he does. He's, uh, he's fast. He's quick. For somebody his size at six three and, and two hundred and thirty pounds, and uh, he's got the confidence of someone who, who who says, yeah, you know, he was a playmaker at the high school level uh, level against a lot of future Division one prospects like himself, and he feels like he can come in at Nebraska and and make an early impact, maybe not unlike what we saw from Prince William and Mielin or Cam Lenhart last year. So, um, you know, just a guy I think who. Uh, who has had a lot of support growing up, who kind of knows what he's looking for. And again, you look at his numbers and as productive as he was, um, you know, his senior year when he made that switch to Christopher Columbus high school, that was a private school. And he was able to get a little bit more coaching and attention and really took off from there. So I think that's probably the biggest point of optimism with McGahee is that as good as he was in high school, like there's another level that he can reach when he gets into uh, nutrition and strength training and, and the coaching that Nebraska is going to give him. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see how high his ceiling actually is. And just some context for people who might not know about Miami Christopher Columbus. That, that's a, a huge school. It's a big deal. I mean, I, I know as a Duke basketball fan, I'm tracking that, that school with interest because uh, Carlos Boozer's twin sons uh, play basketball there. So it's mm. a, it's a, it's a big school. It's just kind of a powerhouse. So he's seeing other elite athletes on a day-to-day basis. One other thing, Evan, um, the text line reminded me that I was going to ask you of this too. Made small waves earlier in the week that Nebraska hired Anthony Crispino away from TCU. He was the GM there. I thought that's what Nebraska hired him to be here, um, not remembering that Nebraska had Sean Padden in the general manager role. What does Sean Padden do as GM? What is Anthony Crispino's role at Nebraska moving forward? Well, yeah, in Nebraska, I don't believe his as officially acknowledged that hire, but my understanding on what that would be for Crispino is more of a football operations role. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody who, who coordinates a lot of the behind the scenes travel and logistics that goes into um, just playing a football season and, and what that's all about. So like their, their um, internal structure uh, to my knowledge is the same with Sean Patton kind of managing a lot of the, the player personnel and you have, um, you know, um, Dr. Elza, who's, who's still the chief of staff for Matt rule and, and, um, you know, a, a point of contact for people there as well. So I think it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a behind the scenes staffer role. And I think when you look at his Crispino's history at TCU and he was at SMU with Sonny Dykes before that and elsewhere, like he's somebody who's worn a lot of hats. He's been a, a GM. He's been, um, you know, an assistant for, for the head coach. He's done a lot of different things. So I think he brings that experience to Nebraska in, in more of an off-field role. And, and, you know, as we've seen, they've moved on from some other staffers this offseason has Nebraska. So he's, uh, you know, filling one of those roles. And I think that'll probably be 
a little bit more defined when Nebraska announces the hire at some point, but um, that's just kind of you know part of the off-season churn that maybe is a little bit less paid attention to when you look at all the coaching moves. Uh, oftentimes there are some staffers that come and go as well, and I think Crispino will be uh, you know, a, a, a pretty uh, involved part of what Nebraska does behind the scenes. Good deal. Strick and I talked about it. We're glad we had you on to uh, clear that up as much as you could for us. Three weeks from Friday, Evan, are you going to be down at Globe Life Field for Husker Baseball? Hoping so. Uh, still kind of finalizing that, but uh, it's 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 a big first weekend for them, for sure. Uh, first practice on Friday and a lot to figure out between now and then, but I think anyone who follows Nebraska baseball or, or Big Ten baseball knows that like those early season non-conference series uh, are are extra important when it comes to RPI and things that you can't really make up later. So um, a lot a lot of unknowns I think with that Nebraska team, but sometimes that can those can turn into the most fun teams as well. That it can. We'll definitely talk more about that next week uh, with the practice under the belt for the Huskers and more. Evan, as always, appreciate the time. Have a good rest of your week. Thanks, guys. See ya. Evan joined us on our VIP line brought to you by Allo Fiber, where they understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. Well, the Chargers, Los Angeles Chargers, are not the only team in blue and yellow still interested in Jim Harbaugh for their head coaching position. Michigan has come back with a new offer for Jim Harbaugh. What does that entail? We'll wrap up Hour 1 with that next. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.